Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Rally friends, and welcome to Spin the Rally Pod. Whoa, well, I have to say, we're on our way back from Rally Italy, Rally Sardinia, and my goodness me, what a week it was! Just full of action, full of drama, full of incident. It really was uh, one of the most action packed events I can remember in a very, very long time. And David Evans, uh, a lot of that, I guess, was down to the Slightly unseasonal weather. Yeah, which I have to say obviously worked a treat for me. But it, yeah, there was so much going on all the time, and I I counted thanks to our fabulous sister website ewrc-results.com. There were eight changes of lead, and I think seven different individual stage winners. So eight changes of lead in 19 stages is a change of lead. Every other stage, yeah, just backwards about. And forwards, backwards Which, and forwards. Uh, yeah, it, it was incredible, and every day had a had a theme. You know, the first day was the theme of, of, of Lappy and Ogier fighting out at the front, a bit of ebb and flow there, and then obviously the, the second day was all about the water splashes and Tanak, uh, Taka, sorry, yeah, Tanak, Evans, all having their issues with the with the front of the car. Uh, and then obviously in the afternoon, Ogier as well. Um, and then Sunday was actually probably, if there was a boring day, which actually there wasn't, it was probably the most benign day with some of the, the most incredible weather, wasn't it? It was. It was some horrendous weather. To um, Just to to round out the rally, it was quite remarkable, the weather on the power stage, remarkable the weather back in the service park at the media zone as the crews arrive back. Uh, benign, I think there's one driver in particular that might take uh, take issue with that on the Sunday. I'm not, he won't take issue with it because he won't want to talk about it, but put all that room for more on Sunday, dearie me. Uh, but we'll get to that eventually, uh, because we should really start by talking about... Uh, well, where should we start? We'll, talk, we'll start talking about Hyundai, because you know that is Hyundai's first win of the season. It's a, it's a magnificent win. It's a 1-2. Uh, a bit of Bull's first win as well, and you know, real signs of encouragement in terms of the competitiveness of the car. Real signs of encouragement in terms of Esapeka Lappi's form, yeah. um, and you know they're going very, very much in the right direction. They've got their, their certainly the manufacturers championship challenge well and truly back on track here this week. Uh, it was a, a super week for Hyundai. Was it? I think it was. Or was it a terrible week for Toyota? Three oh, of the I... four Toyotas having issues, and the fourth Toyota, the driver hates the rally and couldn't wait to yeah. get off the island. Well, I, I think you can look at it that way, or you can look at the, the form, the pace, the competitiveness of Lappe on day one and two, and then the emerging pace of Thierry Neuville as the weekend went on. Um, you know, the fastest of the Toyotas all weekend was, without any doubt, Sebastian Ogier, and Lappe, and to a degree, um, Thierry Neuville were there or thereabouts with them, keeping the pressure on him. Um, so no, I think I think it's 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 a little harsh to take it away from the Toyotas because there was definitely an improvement there, and they kept the pressure on Ogier. We saw Ogier on that road section before he had his off. He was still in the lead, only just in the lead with the issues he had. He was still in the lead, but there was pressure on him. He didn't have a 20, 30, 40 second lead where he could play with that time. He. Um, he yeah, was under seconds. pressure because yeah. because I believe the Hyundai's upped their performance this week, particularly as I say as a big lappy. But the, there's no denying that the Toyota's failure paved the oh. way for, for Hyundai's return. Was it Toyota losing the rally or Hyundai winning the rally? I think you're probably right. Because ultimately you've got to be at the finish. That's where the prizes are and the Toyota's failed. They had their significant issues with the 
with the water damage under the bonnet uh, and you know they they will need to go away and look at that and Tom Fowler said they will go away and look at that because there are of course there are water splashes uh, they're a feature of of Kenya as well it's not the rainy season in Africa but <laughs> is there such thing as a rainy season anymore I'm not uh, entirely sure it was the rainy season in Sardinia I well, no, exactly that's and so that's the point you know with with the global climate as it is now you can't really rely on on anything I was talking to the to the boys from from the factory in Uvascular and they had 26 25 26 degrees last week and then they had snow oh sorry a week before and they had snow this week last week you know it's bonkers isn't it you know it's up and down so when you go into safari in in Easter you knew you were going in the rainy season you knew there was a, a really strong chance that you were going to encounter terrible that black cotton the 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 mud and everything and it was coming whereas now you just got no clue what's coming as you say quite rightly sardinia is 40 degrees normally 30 40 degrees so yeah toyota will have to look at it hyundai did a a very very good job clearly they've they've made a car that's that's good in water uh, and credit to absolute credit to lappy and, and absolute credit to neville i think one thing we're making a lot here colin about the fact that it's a beatable's decision. He is. He has made it quite clear. It's quite clear to Lappy in his contract that he will support Thierry Neville's bid for a first world championship. That's the way it is, you know. And to an extent, that will impact on the way that Thierry's driving. He, when he can see an issue coming with Ogier, was he already beginning to sort of throttle back a little bit because he knew ultimately that the, the place was going to come to um, was going to come to Lappy and ultimately it was going to come to him wasn't it yeah, yeah no there's, there's, there's no point I mean Neuville is, is uh, very very aware of it. everyone in Hyundai now is aware of the fact that Neuville will not be getting himself embroiled in any kind of fight with other Hyundai drivers it's interesting what you say there that uh, that it's in Lappy's contract I, I kind of asked him that at the end of the day and he wasn't prepared to answer it but uh, that's interesting. You, you think it is a well, contractual I, thing? I think Abitable had said as much, hadn't he? That it, it was very clear. It was made very clear mm. that you know there was a long-term vision, um, and I would imagine that has to be a contractual well, thing. Yeah, I, I you know I may have read the situation completely wrong, but you know we talked an awful lot about team orders in Portugal. It transpired they weren't needed clearly because of the, the situation with the turbo issues that Neuville encountered uh, but you know, a bit of all said something very very interesting on the, the Sunday um, you know and, he, and he, he basically said look you know we've made it very clear to Esapeka that there is one very clear objective in this team yeah. and that the whole team has to look at the long term they have to look at what's right for the team and the feeling and he said go and work out what you like from that uh, and what I worked out from that was that maybe there had been some fairly heated discussions on the Saturday night about the team orders. Uh, and uh, maybe, maybe there was uh, the need to put the foot down from the team management and say to poor old Esabeka, look, you know, um, if you think, you know, if you want a long-term future here, your know, Hyundai needs to be in the championship um, for your long-term future. And Hyundai yeah. needs to win. And we have a strategy which is absolutely aimed at winning titles, be it the driver's title or the manufacturer's title and that, that was the feeling I got certainly from that conversation may have been wrong but you know at the end of the day it doesn't really matter it is absolutely clear to everyone in that team that you know the efforts this year certainly and that may change for next year who knows but the efforts this year are fully behind Thierry Neuville and yeah. his his quest his annual quest to wrestle that driver's title it's um what is he behind now? So he's 25 points behind. Uh, it's going to take it's going to take a few more wins this year, isn't it? You know, it, for him to to dethrone Robin Perra. Or or you know another tricky rally for for Robin Perra. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. But I think there's an element there that you you just said it again. You know, put this perception of, of poor old Lappy. It is difficult, and we do feel for him because, as we discussed this morning. We've had so long with Toyota absolutely having zero team orders uh, and just allowing the, the, the fastest driver to win. 
Uh, I'm sure every now and then there is some some advice, a word in, in an ear from Kyle Lindstrom or from Yari Matilapala or whoever, but fundamentally they are allowed to compete. That's great. That suits for Toyota, it doesn't for Hyundai. Nope. And when Lappi signed up, so we're led to believe from Cyril Abita, well, why shouldn't we believe him? He knew what he was signing up for. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, if you sign up for apples, you can't expect pears, can yeah. you? Yeah, no, no, absolutely. If, that, if that's absolutely the case, then there's absolutely nothing uh, to complain about. And to be totally honest with you, your Esapega Lappi has to be, um, yes, a little bit disgruntled, a little bit sore. That's absolutely natural. We, we can all see that. But he's got to be, I imagine, really quite happy with the way things have gone so far this season. You know, he's, been more, he's been more consistent than we've ever seen him. He's shown consistent pace. He does look as if he's actually improving and getting better. And that's absolutely possible with the experience, his comfort levels within the team, uh, his comfort levels in particular with that car. Uh, you know, you'll he, go away and, you know, he'll maybe be, as I say, a touch disgruntled Monday, but when he looks at it slightly, uh, you know, more dispassionately on Tuesday, Wednesday, he'll think, actually, this is not a bad situation I'm in just now. Oh, you know, I'm building building points in the championship, I'm building performance, I'm building consistency. And he's building credibility yeah. as a potential championship yeah. challenger. Twelve months ago, he was removing that credibility from his own challenge by saying, look at what Kelly Robin Perez is doing, I've got the same car as him, I couldn't imagine doing that speed. Yet here he is now beating him. Look, you, need, you need to you know, go back and listen. To, you only have to listen to his stage end comments last year yeah. compared to his stage end comments this year. You, know, I, I do like his, his honesty, I do like his rawness, I do like his vulnerability at stage ends. But you know, it was worrying. It was worrying at times last year. You know, this is the best I can do. I can't go any faster. You know, in the, the fastest car in the championship, and he was being roundly beaten. And, it, and um, that sends you into that. that spiral as well. That yeah, you yeah. start every event on on the back foot. He starts every event on the front foot and, yeah. and, ad, and advancing as well and yeah. pushing forward yeah. because all he can do at the minute, as we've discussed a million times now, is get his nose ahead, get ahead and then have to slow down yeah. and demonstrate once again that, you know, he's been the quicker of the, of the hand eyes. Yeah. And Thierry said it today, you know, not only is has he been quicker on the stage, he's also found a lot of development in the dampers with the, with the car in, in Finland mm. at a test as recently as last week. So Thierry is actually feeding off Esapeka. So, yeah. no, he's benefiting in, in many ways from Esapeka. Um, that test in Finland last week was apparently a very wet, very muddy test. So it was a very appropriate test. Uh, they'd have thought at the time, oh my goodness, we could have done with some dry weather. But my goodness me, it was quite a fortuitous set of circumstances. They, they did find that, that step forward with the dampers, didn't they, in that yeah. test? And, and it benefited the whole team. It was great to see. Uh, but, you know, fair play to Thierry Neuville. Uh, he started off as, as very bizarrely, just about, not every rally, but an awful lot of rallies do start off for Thierry Neuville with a difficult Friday morning. Really yeah. difficult Friday morning. And, yeah, at one point Friday, he said the car's undrivable. That, uh, in fairness to, to that comment, that was second time through the long stage when he'd got the hards on the front yeah, yeah. Uh, and that we know that would have impacted significantly on but yeah uh, he was he looked like a man at sea didn't he on on friday yeah. uh, well, friday morning he came back friday afternoon and started winning winning stages friday afternoon uh, and then put in a, a run of stage wins on saturday um, which brought him right back into it dropped him back a bit then he was back in it again and then he was in the lead at the end of the day uh, you, you know, Neville, Neville, there was pressure, some degree of pressure on him this weekend. He had a mistake in Croatia that cost him a good finish. He had the terrible failure in Portugal that cost him points. And he was floundering a little bit in terms of his championship challenge. The pressure was on to perform this weekend. And, and we talked about it before, and saying, really, you know, realistically, he absolutely needs a win here. And that's what he delivered. Yeah, and uh, it doesn't matter which method or how you go about it, a win is a win is a win. Uh, I'm sure he would have fancied a, a few more power stage points as well, but it would have been absolute folly to to chase those oh. when he's got 25 in the bag. And, and with the, those conditions. Yeah, the conditions were horrendous. Uh, a good an hour or so before with the 
pouring rain arriving, it, the road was awash, uh, and it was not somewhere to be going and taking any risks at all. Uh, so, yeah, no, absolutely. I think there is a danger here that we focus too much on on what Lappy's done, and 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 potentially overlook Thierry, like you say, with with a lot of pressure on him, not just in that event, but across the season, still needing to win, being the last of the of the big championship challenges to need a win and maybe we need to include Lappi in that bunch of championship challenges now but Thierry is the one he's the credible threat from, from high and high and he needed to to put a win down and he's done it I think you know where they're at just now you know Robin Perez building a lead in the championship and that's that's ominous for all of his rivals it really is 25 points is lead now but what does that mean you know we've got five five more yeah five more gravel rallies coming up um and it does mean that, you know, it's very possible that Robin Perra will start all of those rallies first on the road. He will start off all of those rallies potentially at a disadvantage. You know, and if your nearest rival has a disadvantage, you have to absolutely make the most of that. So it is quite possible that, you know, Neuville will start to eat into that lead. And that's what he has to do, to be honest. He has to now build momentum. First one of the season, back in the championship challenge, he has to go to Kenya and build on that and start to put the pressure on Robin Perrin. Robin Perrin doesn't feel pressure, there's no question about that. Um, but you know what, when, when he doesn't like a rally, he doesn't like it, but he can still do remarkable things. The power stage performance today yeah. from Robin Perrin was just quite astonishing. You know, he, he's, he's run through the Monte Lerno stage, the second one, remember the first run, he, he had that coming together with uh, with a cow on the stage, which was unfortunate. But, you know, Robin Perra from first on the road um, found himself uh, going away from the rally with 20 points and an increased lead in the championship. Yeah. That's we, how champions do it. That's how they, they, they win titles, defend titles, they build on their championship tallies. You know, difficult weekends, 20 points, what difficult weekend. And he knew, he knew when he was taking a... Uh, a harder tyre and a, a perhaps a more conservative, I don't know what the word is, tyre choice through Saturday. He knew everything was aimed at Sunday. Um, and I'm not sure that he was, I think he was He was definitely on the back foot coming into this one. He'd said before, this wasn't the rally for him. He doesn't like it. He doesn't like those, sh those short, technical, twisty stages. Like he said, you know, Finns are all about putting the car in top gear. Uh, and, and sending it over to jumps, and there's, <laughs> there's not that many uh, bits of road on, on Sardinia that, that are Oinepoia-esque. Um, but he, like you say, yeah, he's, he's come away, he's driven a champion's rally, uh, and he hasn't chased anything that wasn't realistic. Uh, yeah, it, and not only that, but his approach in the water, where his three other teammates have essentially have, have failed and have hit trouble, he's kept his head, uh, and he's and he's just driven that bit with a, a bit of caution, um, and you know it would be fascinating to see the data uh, from Toyota at what speed all of those cars entered the water splashes, um, because I can't imagine that that, uh, that Calais had knocked it down a couple of gears and had knocked 30 or 40 miles an hour off the speed. You know, he it's just that feeling, isn't it, of just where that's level of safety is absolutely and i think it's a combination of things you, you, you watch the drivers through the water splash and, and speed is clearly the most pertinent of the factors but it's, it's the angle you go into the water do you break do you then accelerate heavily just as you're hitting to, to lift the nose you know do you take a wide line do you go you know the slower line do you take a line that isn't necessarily the absolutely correct line for the next corner you know just to make sure that you you stay out of the deepest part, you know, it, it is about technique, I think, going through it. And, and there's no question that in terms of Toyota team, the Robin Perra had the right technique through the, the water splashes. Um, and he, he certainly benefited from it. Uh, you know, he did, he did a great job, Robin Perra. We, we talked to his manager, Timo Yoki, while we were watching the power stage. And Yoki had no doubt before the start of that power stage that Robin Perra was going to win it. Yeah. Absolutely no doubt. And I said to him, look, you know, I was there this morning. He's got. He's got a set of fairly worn, or he went out in the morning with a set of fairly worn soft tyres on. He said, don't worry about it. I said, yeah, but Tanak's got new ones, Katsuta-san's got unused, brand new softs. He said, don't worry about it. 
He said he'll show you just you know, how good he is in that power stage. And he did. Mm. 4.7 seconds uh, in a relatively short power stage. It was, it was a, you know, a really, really impressive performance through there. And, you know, altogether a, an impressive performance all weekend. It was. I, I, I can't imagine anybody really had any significant tyre advantage um, today. I, okay, Kelly, we know, we know that he did gear his tyre selection towards today, so arguably the hards that he took yesterday did give him an advantage over, over other people who were embroiled in the fight, so Lappy, I think, had, had probably got less. Probably Thierry had got less. Yeah. Um, but no, there's no, you can't take anything away yeah. from, from anybody that can turn on a performance um, like that. And, and to go from, to be able to switch between kind of driving modes, you know, it's a, in a Formula One analogy, you're going from at the, the middle of a Grand Prix where you, you know, you, you're pretty much in no man's land to banging in a qualifying lap immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was super impressive. Super impressive indeed. Um, let's see we can go. Should we stick? I think we'll stick with Toyota, uh, and maybe we'll have a, a few words on Elvin Evans because another driver who needed uh, needed a performance, a different sort of performance here this weekend after Portugal. He needed a, a reaffirming performance, if you like. It really didn't so much matter about the pace and. You know where he finished overall. It was just about getting back into the car, getting the miles, getting through the event, uh, and that's exactly what he did. He ended up in fourth place after the issues he had. But you know, it's, it's difficult to read Elfin. I, I thought he was in a, a really, really quite positive mood at the end of the rally. Not enormously happy with his performance, but he was in a positive mood at the end of the rally, and that, for me, was really encouraging. Yeah, hundred percent. And we just bumped into him at the airport when I was about to try on some aftershave and I didn't so in the key to prove uh, again just great form totally relaxed which is is brilliant to see uh, and even when he was in the middle of that super stressy moment when he was trying to rebuild the front of the car at the side of the road talking to him after that it was all fine there was nothing I mean we subsequently learned uh, that he did he, clearly Finland was a busy old place last week because Elvin was out there and, and did half a day in the car uh, the team didn't want to talk about it before the event um, but it was it was a case that a, a car needed driving from what Elvin said uh, and he was quite happy to hop on a plane and, and go out there and do it and it did give him that ability to get back on the horse we'd spoken to Yari Matty before and he talked about the need or the 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 sort of security and everything and the rebuilding process that he took uh, from after his enormous Portugal shunt in whenever it was 09 to get back in the car on a Monday or something y you do need that I think it's a big part and especially in high speed sections so for Elvin to be out there and, and have that Yaris singing at 100 miles an hour it, it was important to him um, and the last thing you want to do is, is come to the next event and literally the first time you put it in stage mode is at shakedown. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it, it helped. But I, this, I've been really, really impressed. You know, the full extent of just the size of that Portugal crash, it was monstrous. Mm. Uh, it, it really was. And that sort of thing, it can take a, a driver a while to get over. It ha who, hey, you know, how do we know? Who are we to say whether it's taken a massive toll on him mentally or whatever? But for sure, he did not look like a guy that was mentally burdened by anything. No, he didn't. He absolutely didn't. Uh, yeah, we have seen now the onboard from that Portugal shunt. It took a little while for it to surface. Uh, but my goodness me, when we did see it, it was it was fairly shocking. I think it's fair to say it was a, a really, really brutal, brutal accident in the car. The violence in the car um, was quite shocking. Really, really good to see Alvin and Scott walking away from that and then coming back. Uh, relatively successful. You don't you don't know until a few rallies in. You know you, you think back. There are many incidents, aren't there, over over the years where you've really not seen um, the long term effect of these incidents uh, on drivers until many rallies after. You know, and you can you see a, a driver who, whose performance declines, and quite often you can go back and you can pinpoint it to one big big crash. Um, you know, I think about Tommy Mackin in Argentina. In 2000 and what was that three when he was leading the rally 
Um, you know, in the, in the following year, he was nowhere near the same guy. But I, I'm pretty sure with Elvin that he is back up and running. What do you think it means, though, in terms of his championship challenge? We had a situation a couple of rallies ago where we had five drivers within, what, was it nine or ten points? You know, things are beginning to stretch out, as you would expect as the season goes on. Um, yeah. Elvin needs, you know, as, as Thierry needed a win here in Sardinia, Elvin can't wait too long for a win if he really wants to be there in the last rally, last couple of rallies of the season with a championship chance. No, he's, absolutely. He's, I mean, he's obviously won in Croatia and that would have filled him with confidence. Uh, Safari, absolutely anything can happen uh, in Safari. You know, Maybe, do you say, OK, we've got Acropolis to come as well, but it's the Acropolis, Safari are both mechanically, they're incredibly demanding events. We go from uh, from Safari sorry, into two events where Alvin absolutely those conditions suit him down to the ground. Okay, he's in a massive shunt in uh, in Estonia. Tom was saying Tom Fowler from Toyota was saying potentially you know those are the two biggest shunts the team's seen. His Elvin's testing crash in um, in Estonia when he clipped the rock on the inside and, and chucked it into the trees, and then obviously the the crash he had in, in Portugal. But Elvin is outstanding. He's almost finished like on fast rallies. Mm. Um, it's it's a, an aspect of his driving that has developed incredibly um, down down the, the the years. You know, he's always been a brilliant driver on tarmac, certainly in changeable conditions on tarmac. Um, but his his pace, you know, to go on and win Finland uh, and win it in such a fashion was was superb so i think yeah. once we get past safari that can throw up a whole bunch yeah, he, of yeah. curveballs elvin could win take 30 points kelly the rest of them could all have problems and, and suddenly elvin's right, right back, back in, in the it. championship absolutely um, you know, and what's to what's to say he isn't going to win both estonia yeah. and finland and then he's absolutely back in the championship yeah there's no question you know there was a couple a few years ago really in the the dmac days i suppose where we thought of Elvin's real strengths as being on tarmac. You know, he was right up there. As yeah. maybe, you know, even when we had you know, Ogier at his best and, and one or two others, you know, Elvin was right there, top two or three drivers in the world on tarmac. But over the last few years, and it, you know, for me, it was, it was really it was Sweden in 2020, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. um, he made us sit up and think, my goodness me, yeah, he really does like this fast stuff. Yeah. Uh, and he's he's built on that. He's built on that over the past two or three years, and the really quick rallies now. He's right up there with a chance of winning any of them or all of them. So yeah, it, it, potentially there's, there are strong events to come for Elvin Evans, and and yeah, another win would really get him back on track in terms of the championship. Yeah. He look, I mean, you look in, in Japan last year. Yeah, it was a re it was. He showed great pace. He could have won that rally. Yeah, he could have. Quite uh, if, if that rain hadn't come right at the end and been on the wrong tyres or what have you. Yeah, it looked and as if he'd made the right tyre choice there. It turned out to be the wrong, didn't it? it was, yeah. yeah it was and then those... there's see the Central Europe rally as well, which going across those, um, obviously Austria, Germany and Czech Republic, you are going to get dirty tarmac, real changeable conditions in the autumn there as well. Completely new rally for everybody. So there, you know, that it can give him a super strong end to the finish. I would say, in terms of potential, the second half of the of the season favours Alvin more uh, in terms of, of rallies where he can be looking seriously, seriously looking at a win. You know, he wants to win everywhere, but his his form, I would say, is is loaded more towards the second half. So yeah, no, he's, he's got every chance. He's, he's got to feel comfortable with that car. That's the most important thing at high speed. You've got to feel comfortable that the car's doing what you want it to do, and you know if he does, if he does find that setup, which he's comfortable with, then he's he's right in there with a chance. Now, uh, let's move on a little bit in terms of Toyota drivers and talk about Sebastian Ogier. Um, difficult weekend. Um, should we talk about the weekend or should we play the audio first? Uh, I think we'll play the audio, shall we? Let's listen to this audio. This was. Ogier at the end of the rally uh, in the media zone. There is quite a lot of things in our rules which make not so much sense. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's the way it is. I think everybody now more and more is agreed to see that 
the whole WSC need a deep <laughs> rethink because everything is going down. Cherry, I've said it, uh, nobody cares anymore WSC. And it's a long time that I choose family against rally, but also because a title in rally doesn't mean much for me anymore, you know, and, and it's just, uh, there is many reasons to that. I think, you know, we need to do something to, to make it better again. There is, the potential is there. We all, I mean, there's many fans who love this sport, but there's many aspects with these iPhone people now. And to be honest, for example, uh, we spend now a weekend going to the steward for stupid reason. When a lot of attention will be to be needed on, on important things. David, I'm, I'm, I'm not really entirely sure what to make of those comments yet. Um, it's a disgruntled Ogier. It's an upset Ogier. It's an Ogier who is letting off steam. But I, where does it come from? Does it come from frustration? Does it come from the fact that he hasn't won the rally? Or are these thoughts that have just been you're festering within him for a while now. I, Colin, you know, only Sebastian Auger can give you those answers. I, clearly, he feels there is there is work for WRC to do. It's it's been a, a theme for the last couple of rallies. Obviously, Thierry said what he felt like saying. You know, there is for me what we saw last weekend was one of the best, most entertaining, most exciting rounds of the World Rally Championship in, in years. You know, the fact that you and I have come away from it absolutely exhausted from just trying to follow it demonstrates as a sporting competition, it's all there still. And yes, there are, there are issues, there are elements that we need change. We know we need change. The WRC promoter knows the need. we need change. The FAA knows that things have to improve and we've got to, to step up in, in various areas. Uh, and the wheels are in motion. We saw the drivers meeting last Monday with with, with Peter Solberg, uh, talking to all of the drivers. That's that same group. That, uh, drivers and co-drivers, I think, the same group are talking to the promoter on Wednesday this week. Things are happening. So yeah, it's up to, to Sebastian to fully explain those those comments and, and what have you. But for me, to look at his weekend, he was sensational for the, for the first for the first half and he was he was victim to a whole bunch of, of circumstances that, that snowballed into you know a really sad and disappointing penultimate stage on Saturday where he was literally utmost frustration it was just sliding just off the road in the most bizarre circumstances with his, his foot slipping off because he'd got his boots muddy, changing a puncture that um, that he found out a minute before he had to check in. You know, if he'd had a minute and a half or two minutes, he would have used ten of those seconds to wipe the bottom of his his shoes, um, and he wouldn't have crashed. Yeah, you know, it, it all stemmed. He was he was controlling the rally. He was very much in control when he came out of service, or certainly when he went into service on Saturday lunchtime. He was in control. You know, he'd taken care of Lappy. Um, you know, Neville looked at one point on Saturday morning as if he was going to close the gap, and, and you know, Ogier picked his stage and, and blew both of them away. Yeah. And he, he did look as if he was in control. And if you'd had 50 euros to bet, you'd have bet every single penny of your 50 euros on Ogier winning the event. And then something very strange happened, you know, with water splashes being at the forefront of everyone's mind because we'd had. Tanak out in the water splash and Oji had seen two of his teammates, Takamoto Katsuta and Elvin Evans having problems, yeah. what does he do first stage out of service he goes and doesn't destroy his car but did some quite serious damage in a water splash, I, I, you know again, the last person you would expect to struggle in a water splash with all that's gone before was Sebastian Ogier. I, I found yeah. that a little baffling. And, you know, I, I, was he distracted? Was he distracted by all of this stuff with the stewards? And was he distracted by these thoughts that he vented at the end of the rally? It was so un like for me. Well, that absolutely. It's, it's, that it's baffling. That it's still I, baffling. 
we spoke to Yeri Matti Lavler afterwards, and Yeri Matti said, you know, Auger is a driver who learns from everything. He, he picks up pieces of information, he, he understands what his teammates have done, and he, and he stores it all. Um, and he, Yeri Matti was tremendously surprised. But I think, again, we need to understand that the margins, it's not the difference between going in at 20 miles an hour slower or whatever, yeah. it is a very fine margin. Yeah. Quite possibly, he went through at that speed first time through and was absolutely fine. Second time through, the, the road had dug out. There was certainly plenty of rain around. Uh, it could have filled up a little bit more and that extra two or three miles per hour is, it, is all it takes yeah. um, to, to bring in even more pressure. And the pressure to get that this water shoots under the bonnet at is absolutely remarkable. Right. And you only have to go and have a look at some of the videos, some of the photographs of the cars coming through the water splashes to understand that. You can see and almost feel the pressure, can't you, in those yeah. photographs. It's, it's incredible. It's yeah. incredible. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it, was, it was odd. It was odd for Mosier, but you know, those comments, I'm sure, will be a, a talking point for the next the next week or so, and, and we will get more from Ogier. The thing with, with me, with, with Ogier, with me, is that Ogier has a, a, a voice that is absolutely listened to, and I'm not saying that Terry Neville's voice isn't listened to, but Ogier is still very much the statesman of rallying. He's, he's an eight-time world champion. He's an eight-times world champion. He is the one that, if he says it's wrong, if he says something needs changing, you you can't dismiss it. You can't sweep it under the carpet. He has to be listened to, and I think he he has the potential to be a very positive voice for change in our sport. It has to be channeled in the right way, and clearly he is very very capable of doing that. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how this develops and where he takes it from here. He's made his his views very, very clear. Um, where will he take it from here? How will he affect change? Because he, for me, is still the one driver in the championship who can. Well, let's wait and see. It was a, a, a quite unusual weekend from Sebastian Ogier. I, I think you're right there. You know, you look at somebody like Michael Schumacher, who yeah, led absolutely. GP, the, the Grand Prix Drivers Association, for a long, long time and ha held that ambassadorial kind of role. And that's where Rogier is now, and, and he understands that. And I guess one of the biggest things and the biggest questions that, that he has to ask himself now is how involved in this process of change does he want to be? You know, he's been asked on Wednesday to give up time um, and to, to, to set time aside when he's been very, very clear that when he goes home from a rally, it's family time. And that's what he's absolutely loving. Uh, and, you know, he made it very, very clear to me today that, you know, I've got this wrong about him wanting to pursue the championship. He doesn't. No. It's, it's quite coincidental that he might become world champion um, by default if he scores more points from the limited number of rallies that he does. That's not what his objective is at all. His objective is to come away from the family uh, for a week, make that week count, enjoy that week, and then go home to the family. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah it, does he have a duty of care? Does he owe the World Rally Championship? Okay. Like, ultimately, I guess you could say he does because he does. He's, he's earned a living and he's it's been his life. But has he potentially he could also say he's already repaid that? Mm -hmm. He repaid Volkswagen with four consecutive drivers' championships. And, you know, the same with with Malcolm with with two titles with him. I don't know. It, it's it's tough. But what I would say is that while Sebastian Ogier is absolutely still capable of coming off the bench and doing what he did here, we still need him in the championship because we need a benchmark. And yes, Kelly Rovenpera is absolutely there. But still to have that historical context uh, of a driver like Ogier, it's great. I, I can understand the perspective that people feel he's detracting from the championship is potentially blocking a seat but it's Toyota's um, prerogative isn't it? I, I don't get that argument at all he's blocking a seat you know the world championship is about the very the best, best drivers yep. in the world and and you know it ain't Sebastian Ogier's fault that a semi-retired 30 whatever he is what is he 38 something like that mm. year old driver is still arguably the best driver in the world he, he undoubtedly is he isn't blocking anyone's seat he's, he's got every right if he wants to come and do 
a limited number of events to do that. Uh, the same with Sebastian Lowe, you know. Yeah. Uh, what could he still do in the championship? Or win events, quite probably. So, no, I, I don't get that argument. I really don't. But, but yeah, Ogier still cares for this championship. He cares for the sport very deeply. Uh, and I think he understands where he's come from in the sport. I think he fully understands what this sport has given him. And that is why we heard the frustrations from today. If he didn't care, he'd have just got on his plane and gone home. Yep. Wouldn't have said anything. But, but there was passion in the upset there. There was passion in the angst that we heard. There was deep-rooted uh, frustration. Uh, deep-rooted frustration. And, and that, that comes from still being uh, enormously concerned about the sport that's given him the life that he's got. And, I, you know, I, as I say, I think he is a voice that could do an awful lot of good for this sport. And I'd, I'd really like to see him getting more involved. We'll wait and see whether that happens. Um, quick word about Gatsuta-san. You obviously, Saturday was enormously disappointing. He had his issues early on. But for me, it was a different Katsuta that we saw out there this weekend. It was a, a confident Katsuta. He was um, really keen to, to, to push on and to show pace out there. And, and he took risks and he handled difficult situations really well. I thought that Katsuta's performance here was very much a step up from what we've seen maybe even for the last 18 months. Yeah. He, he bounced it over the rocks a little bit, didn't he, on, uh, yeah. was that on, 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 on Friday. Friday? I mean, very, very fortunate by his own admission to get away with that. Uh, and, but that's it, you know, he rode his luck. Uh, his luck ran out a little bit in the water, but yeah, he... Katsuta has evolved in, like you said, the last 18 months. And he's a, he's a driver now that you look at that he is a potential rally winner. We said, you know, what's the... What's the objective in Safari? Do you think about the win? Yes, I do. Uh, and why wouldn't he? Um, I, I think, is he at that level where we, we saw a few years ago, we saw Oit Tanak just desperate to get that first win. And when he got the first win, the first win's the hardest uh, to get. And then suddenly they really started to come. I'm not sure he's quite at the level that he could take on and challenge and beat the likes of Tanak, Rovenpera and these kind of guys. But I think he could certainly sneak a win in Safari. Um, and then let's see. Mm. But he's, he is, he's looking absolutely like a, 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 a potential rally winner. And he's looking, like you say, much more assured on the stages and, and confident. And, you know, there's non outside of the car or outside of the stages that that Katsuta approach has changed as well so much of the time when he's made a mistake he's very apologetic and he's very humble with everything that's happened and here he made a mistake but and he, and he was still you know I don't think he could be anything other than humble certainly to, to the media and what have you but he came and he was kind of confident as well yes I made a mistake I will learn from that mistake and we'll move on uh, so he is becoming a, a much more rounded package, um, and yeah, it's I can yeah. see. I, I really, I really hope that that, that it's a, it's a step forward that he can build on because that's been his issue. It's been his issue over the past eighteen months with these new Rally One cars. Uh, he's tried, he's tried to push his pace. He's made mistakes. It's set him back, um, but he's tried here this weekend. And it's worked for him. So yep. hopefully he can build it. I, I, rally winner, I, I, I do agree with you that circumstances, he could maybe sneak a win in Kenya, but I think we need to see a little more uh, consistent stage winning pace from him before he takes that next yeah. step further, which yeah. is to be a rally winner and a rally contender. But it was a really positive weekend from Takamoto Katsuta. It was, and, and, and you know, the thing we talked a lot about that, that first stage on Friday morning, the one that we were convinced was going to catch somebody out because mm -hmm. the drivers had all told us universally it was the mad stage. Um, and that for me was a graphic and the power stage today, a real demonstration of, of Taka's absolute car control to bring yeah. that car back from yeah. all sorts of angles. All sorts of angles. Uh, and and was, to keep the confidence, you know, yeah. when the car's bouncing around at angles, he, he didn't scare him, he didn't lift that, off, he, he just thought, okay, I'm going to deal with this, this is what I have to deal with, and he did deal with it. Really good performance from him. Uh, let's move on to M Sport, because it was a, 
a troubled weekend for M Sport again. Um, oi, Tan, I, I, I'm, I'm just at the point where I just don't know quite how to approach Oitanak these days, David. It's really, really difficult to work out um, what's going on, what's going on. You know, we, we know M-Sport are working prodigiously hard to give Oit what he wants. What he says tonight is, well, you know, maybe it's not the car so much. He didn't quite say that. I'm paraphrasing him. Um, but he was hinting that maybe he wasn't performing at the level that he would hope. Uh, I've never heard him saying that, not in recent times anyway. And I'm just a little confused as to what's going on. He clearly is still very frustrated, uh, particularly on, on gravel. Very, very frustrated with, um, what, with what's happening and what he's doing just now. Uh, it's, the frustration is, is understandable from every, uh, from all, corner, all corners, isn't it? Because nobody, Richard Milner, Malcolm Wilson, they all, Chris Williams, they all want this thing to move forward. Uh, and they want Oit and the car to click. Um, I have to say, it, it didn't look like a driver really so much during this event that it, it was going to, to come to him uh, at all. It, it, often you see this with drivers, don't you? They try and force the pace a little bit. It, it looked a little bit like that, but it, in fairness, he never really got into his stride no. uh, on the rally. And yeah. <laughs> There's there's a there's a whole bunch of messages coming from from Oit. The one thing that he's been very very clear on from Monte Carlo forwards is that he wants to to push the team. And again, this is something that we've discussed ad nauseum. You know, he this is this Oit way of, of working. And I was talking a lot with a couple of lads from from Toyota today. We were talking a lot about Oit Tanak and his approach and. And I said, you know, how was he when he was here? And they said, oh, it was exactly the same. Mm. You know, it, even when he won, he would find something. You know, it just maybe it's our rearview mirror wasn't absolutely perfect. We can work on that. Mm. There had to be something. Um, and and that, was, that was Oit's way of motivating the team. That, it, quite clearly, that is what he's doing with m -Sport. You know, there is more potentially there's more than just the rear view mirrors positioning with just with the puma yeah. um, but this is what this is how he motivates people and it the guys at Toyota said you know it it did sort of polarize the team a little bit because some people became fearful of him and just didn't understand why he was the perception was that he was being negative when he'd won a rally why couldn't we just celebrate the win instead of continually striving but that's the the nature sometimes of a champion is that you are continually striving you get perfection you want perfection plus one yeah. uh, and and that's the way he is and it is it's, the way he is. Yeah. It, it's yeah. difficult when you are in a team like Toyota which is a very well resourced team to come to M Sport where resources are just absolutely minuscule by comparison fraction. Absolute uh, fraction. It, it's it, it's very 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 difficult and there is a danger that he that method of going down that road is going to build more and more pressure within M Sport and that's potentially that's where we are now and it is it's but, going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah and, and you know and, and sometimes you do have to adapt your style you know Oit has a particular method of as you say almost a, a management method um, and it, it's yeah it was it was probably appropriate for Toyota and, and quite probably appropriate for his time at High Hyundai but you know, talk, nothing about the operation at M Sport will be a surprise to Oit Tanak. Right. You know, the budget restraints will not be a surprise to Oit Tanak. He no. spent so much time there. He knew exactly what he was getting into. He knew that you know, um, you go to Toyota, and Oit asks for something, and it can be delivered in remarkably short time. You yeah. know, the resources are thrown at it. That was never going to be the case at M Sport. They will deliver. But it might take a little bit longer. You know, they might have to come up with a slightly more innovative way of solving the issues. Because their way of solving the issues is not to throw money absolutely no. bucket loads of money. It's to be clever. Yeah. It's to be clever. And sometimes it takes a little while to be clever. You know, being clever, you know, it, 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 it's, it's... My point is that it's different, different approaches. And, yeah. and maybe Oit's approach... But like you say, he, he knew, that's what he... do with being changed. I don't know what he was who, getting who into. I to say that? 
but yeah, he did know what he was getting into. But anyway, it was a difficult weekend for Roy. Um, his teammate Lube, yeah, you know, Lube again looked good. He, he, did he win that first stage or was he second quickest in the opening stage? That difficult one. Um, he was third, wasn't he? Yeah. Going into service. Uh, you know, and then, then again, you know, he, had, he had the issue. And I'm not quite sure what happened. He, he seemed to, to hit something, the steering lock perhaps, um, and he went off the road. But, but enormously frustrated Lube because he's, he's one that is similar to Katsuta. And, and Lube is not at the point where he can challenge for wins yet. But Lube is beginning to show signs with, with stage wins, uh, you know, with, with pace there, building his pace, beginning to show signs that maybe a podium is possible this year. That, um, but for, he, he needs a bit of luck, and, and the luck wasn't with him this weekend. Yeah, and for me, that's the frustration, and, and I'm sure absolutely it is with him as well, that, OK, let, you know, he had the problem, fine. Let's move on and let's try and come back. And then he couldn't, you know, he couldn't then get a long... He couldn't spend the whole weekend in the car um, in the way that he really wanted to, uh, to build more seat time, to build more experience, to build... Yeah. Maybe a test some things ahead of, of Safari. Yeah. Because he'll have a chance. Like Katsuta, Lube will have a chance in Safari. Yeah. Certainly of a podium, a very realistic chance of a, of a podium. And, and you know, he, he scored absolute bonus points as well from even before the rally had begun by, by inquiring about our own Luke Barry uh, and <laughs> how Luke had got on, on, the, on the Jim Clark rally. And I'm sure there is, Luke, there's a podcast in there for you to tell us all about your exploits uh, driving a, a Fiesta in, in Jim Clark around the British Championship. But yeah, no. I, I, yeah, let's just give him a wee bit of credit. Uh, his very first event on the podium in the Junior British Rally Championship. Yeah. Almost yeah. unheard of. Yep. Almost unheard of. It was quite some effort. Yeah, you're quite right. You're Definitely awesome. a podcast in that at some point. Yeah. Uh, so, so Lube, yeah, let's wait and see what you can do when we get to Kenya. But yeah, I, I'm just hoping. I, I like Lube. I yeah. like Lube. I like, really I do. Think. There's something. And you something can very see like there is about. something now. You know, yeah. I, I wasn't. I have to be honest. I wasn't convinced when he was in that in that two C Hyundai. Oh. There were fault. There was fault on both sides yeah. there. Um, you know, and I don't think it was fair from Lube to, to to blame the team. And he, like Tanak, you know, he knew the deal he was getting into. He knew what car he was going to get, um, and didn't work out. But whatever, at that point, I couldn't really see him progressing in the way that he has with M Sport. No. And he, yeah, you talk about him as a potential podium threat. I think on his day with a with a trailing wind, he could be there. Yeah, yeah. Let's see what he does. Hopefully bouncing back in Kenya. Uh, well, that's all of our rally one cars. I think you know we've, we've talked for quite some time, but we are going to give a few minutes to WRC2 because uh, you know WRC2 this year is, is is a really wonderful championship, a fascinating championship with you know ex rally one drivers with some of the best young talent in the world coming through, and we're seeing some incredible competition. Uh, for me, the surprise of the last couple of rallies really has been that Rally 2 Fiesta and Adrian Formo. And he was absolutely writing stories about that car this weekend, right until that power stage, David. Um, you know, Formo, you know, he, he, was, he was putting behind him all those questions that were being asked at the end of last season. All of the questions about, you know, his, his ability to, uh, to, to find consistency, to, to find his way through rallies. He was putting that well and truly behind him. Even with the performance, those questions are now being asked again. I think a little unfairly, but they are being asked again. I, yeah, I can see they they are, but I wonder who's asking them. Um, but yeah, fine. He put the car off, and it was the last thing he needed. He needed to do. Um, do you give him a slightly easier ride because where where he put the car off? Two or three people had already said that it was horrendously slippery. Yeah. I mean, are we making excuses for the guy? Quite possibly, but he needs to to catch a break, doesn't he? You know, he he's for me, he's driving better, he's driving more competitively, um, and nobody will be hurting more than him. I I feel he he needed to to go through the pain of what he went through last year. Now we're going to see really how much he's learned from it. This is a pivotal time. 
if he can bounce back and demonstrate, yeah, that happened, but okay, I'll show you, you know, you show me one stage, I'll show you the 18 before, absolutely. where where I was absolutely on it, and absolute credit again to M Sport for, for turning that the, the Fiesta around. Absolutely. You know? it, it looked as if it was really in danger of falling out of the race, didn't it? You yeah. know, with the new Skoda, with the Citroen developments. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it just looked as if it was as if it was falling behind, and they've but it, they've addressed the situation. They've put a new diff in. They've added other parts there as well, and it is now once again looking like potentially the car to have in this championship. But I think again, talking to Richard Milner today, yeah, we've tended to get hung up on these developments. But Rich said, look at the drivers we've had, and no, you know, no disrespect to people who've been in the car in this in the sort of semi-factory car that they ran with, with it was Hooten and wasn't it, at the back end or through. Yeah. Formo looks to be a driver who can cut it at absolute the top of the of the championship. Having said that, Hooten was absolutely astonishing in the old, uh, in the historic Skoda. Ancient Skoda, in, yeah. In, in Sweden. I, I can see Rich's point um, that they've now got a, a driver that is kind of hooked up um, and, and working really well. I just hope that Adrian bounces back from this. So do I. So do uh, I. And yeah. he comes back. But ultimately, great news, the pace is there from, from the Fiesta for M-Sport. Yeah. You know, as, as uh, Elliot, our, our very talented cameraman and editor, and I were driving back just before the power stage. We've been to the North of the Island this morning. And we were talking about FOMO before he had his off. And we were saying he's really pushing his form in, in the, the BRC, the British Rally Championship, and the, the WRC2 Championship, his form, his consistency, his pace, he's pushing potentially for another go at that Rally 1 car. Does that all change with the off in one stage? Probably not, you'd say. Probably not. No. So, so yeah, you know, and I think he is. I think if the opportunity arises before the end of the year, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see him getting a run again, or a couple of runs even, in, in a Rally 1 car. But it, again, and talking to Malcolm Wilson this morning, we were talking about Jim Clark and the result. And Malcolm said, you know, there's, I said, how much can you take from Jim Clark? And he said, well, the one thing we can take is that he, he went out and he did his thing on the first couple of stages. He won the rally on the first couple of stages and kind of, that, that's it. You know, that'll do. Don't need to do any more. And he settled back and he drove at a, at a safe pace for the rest of the event. Uh, and he, he demolished everybody in the, in the BRC, which uh, was a, a great result for him. But potentially, 12 months ago, he would have tried to win every, every stage, stage by hits, 10, yeah. 15, 20 yeah. seconds, yeah. and ultimately probably would have yeah. built up a two-minute lead, then crashed. I, you know, I, I have absolutely no doubt that he would have tried to win every stage. He, his mentality, his decision-making 12 months ago for me, his talent wasn't the problem. It was some of the decision-making. Yeah. Uh, you look at the Monte Carlo crash last year, you know, this was oh. his event, he'd got all of his, his sponsors, his partners were just all crazy. in the stages and he just went, you know, like an absolute bull in a china shop. And the nutty one was Ypres. Yeah. Ypres where he'd been explicitly told what to do. Yeah. And did he ignore it? I don't know. I don't know. But, but it is a different formal and I, and I think um, all these young drivers have to go through difficult spells. Uh, to build and to move on, and Formal seems to be doing that. So, uh, yeah, good luck to him. Hopefully, he doesn't doesn't uh, dwell on this one for too long. Quick word for the winner uh, of WRC2, David Mickelson. Yeah. Boy, quality, quality, quality act. He really is. Um, he, 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 is he, knew, he knew what he could do this weekend. He got to the point where he was putting pressure on Formal, but he understood with the weather, with the limitations, and uh, with the performance of Formal in the car that he just had to stay there or thereabouts and at the end of the day he got his rewards he absolutely and we've spent the, essentially the last week and a bit with with andreas and it you kind of forget what good company he is and what a, a lovely guy he is decent guy. Uh, and just absolutely what a pacey driver he still is yeah. um and you kind of you've got to feel a little bit for Andreas in the same way that you feel a bit for, for a guy like Hayden Padden or these kind of people who yes they had a, a probably two thirds of a chance in fact you'd probably say that um, that Andreas had 
the full chance, you know, three or four years with Volkswagen. It didn't get much better than that in that mid-teens period. Um, but I, I think he could still come back and do a job for it as a second or third driver at Rally 1. He drove sensibly, Look. didn't put a mark on the car in some incredibly difficult conditions, and he, he won. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, there is still, he could still do a job. And, and you know, I, 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 I think, having spoken to a few people this weekend, I think the whole situation at Hyundai with the third driver is still very much evolving. Their thought process is evolving. How they might do things. You know, Bittable's talked about a young driver, developing a young driver, but you know, I, I'm not entirely sure they're going to go that way from what from what I've heard. And I think there may be an opportunity still for Mickelson to um, to perhaps perhaps get a, a chance of a, a part-time seat there, maybe with Sordo. Who knows? Who knows? But, but he, he's not giving up, and what he's doing is at every opportunity <laughs> he is saying to those who are watching, those who are considering, you know, don't actually, forget me. Don't forget me. But yeah, well done. You know, one thing that did change on June the first, while we were away, is the arrival of Hyundai Motorsports new technical director and Francois Xavier de Maison. Yeah. That decision hasn't been made. Yeah. And for sure, FX is somebody who now can come in and feed into that decision mm -hmm. um, at a very, very, very high level. Uh, and, and if that, we can be reasonably sure the decision hasn't been made, uh, despite a, a lot of speculation that, that the deal has been done for Sunanen, and potentially Sunanen in Finland, Estonia could make sense. Who would you take in Acropolis? Who would you take in Chile? Potentially no, I, I, take Andreas Mikkelsen. I think you're right. I don't, I don't think a long-term decision has been made yet. I, I, think, I think they need, they clearly need a driver for Finland and for uh, for Estonia and and sooner than is the obvious choice and I'm pretty certain sooner you leave the will car, be there. You leave Sordo in the car in Safari? Yeah, 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 he's going to be there. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Sordo will be there in Safari, no question about that. Uh, so yeah, let's see what let's see what happens with that situation with the Hyundai. As I say, I'm I'm not entirely sure that it's maybe as straightforward. As, as we think it might be. I think, I think there are still decisions to be made there. Uh, so, yeah, David, it, it, has been, it has been a quite, quite remarkable week. <laughs> you know, it what, has. You just, know? It's, it's, been, it's been an absolute mad one, just literally from the, the minute we, we landed onto the island and did our recce and then watched the cars doing those amazing legalised donuts on Thursday night before the, the first stage in, in Olbia. It's it's been a brilliant, brilliant rally, it really um, has. and yeah, can't well, can't wait for safari. Can't wait for safari. But before that, uh, if you are following the ARA across in the states, uh, and if you're not, then why not? Um, Southern Ohio Forest Rally next yep. weekend, and the Dirtfish Live Center will be back up in action. So uh, don't forget, you know, you can find that. It's very easy to find it on our homepage on dirtfish.com. If you're on a mobile, if you're on an Android, just have a look at the drop-down menu. Drop it down, Dirtfish Live Center's there. If you're on your laptop, across the top, it's very clear, Dirtfish Live Center. Click on that and you will find all of the updates from the Southern Ohio Forest Rally. And then following that, obviously, we will all be there again for safari rally. Got Latvia before there as well. Latvia, goodness me, it's yeah, an absolute it. rally fest coming up it is, in uh, the next few weeks. It's, and Southern Ohio, I mean, just, I'm unbelievably disappointed not to be going out there for it, but I do have to reintroduce myself to the family and the dog after a busy old four weeks away on the road, but it is going to be a great one. It's Brandon Seminook chasing another win and potentially now moving into a place where he can really start to look at the championship, uh, a second consecutive championship, but really good Rally 2 entry, Patrick Grushka back there, and uh, it, it's a great event. I was fortunate enough to be out there last year, some amazing roads uh, in and around Chilicot, I think it's called. Uh, so yeah, no, great. And all of our Dirtfish colleagues uh, will be out there, Jack Harrison uh, at the wheel, uh, and. Josie Rimmer, uh, and who else have we got? Josie's on the tools uh, next weekend. 
Um, and Nate, I keep wanting to say Nate Tennis. Nate is actually missing out because he's on our side of the planet right now. Uh, our chief instructor has been over at TT uh, watching some two-wheel action. Um, so, yeah, it, Brenton Kelly. Brenton is... He's going to be the lead presenter uh, out there. And what better way to do it than somebody who's done most rounds of, of the American of, of Green APUARA? Yeah, it's going to be really? a packing event, that's for sure, as I say. Follow all the action there on uh, dirtfish.com with the Dirtfish Alive Centre. Folks, uh, once again, a massive thank you for taking the time out to, uh, to listen to David and myself and our thoughts and our ramblings on the Rally Italia Sardinia. It has been another edition of Spin the Rally Pods.